Oh, good. You didn't. You didn't get my warning. <laughs> I didn't get your warning. Dang. I'm I'm listening to Ryan's season three recap. That's six hours long. Just because I need oh some. And it's only like a third done. But there, it actually has this talking about Edgecomb in there. <laughs> of course. And I was like, oh, Trisha. And we got a double snort. It was great fun. <laughs> We're going to have my heater in the background because it's yeah. fracking cold here. It's, it's cold here, too. Yeah, it's probably cold everywhere. So, yeah, it is. The ice skaters here are going to like it, though. Yeah, well, ice skated. That's good. My mother bought a new chipper shredder. So oh, what? You, so it's this great big machine. It's 200 pounds of machinery. Cool. And, and oh you turn God. it on and you put leaves or branches or whatever through oh, it, oh, and, okay. it and it chops it into little pieces. Sure. So, right, so we have an empress tree. And an empress tree grows seven feet a year. And the leaves are literally. <laughs> you idiot. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Are literally a foot and a half across and two feet long. I mean, they're monster leaves. And when it okay. froze the other night, every leaf dropped. So Aww. we woke up to this, you know, pile of leaves six inches deep. So she said, I'm going to rake up yeah. the leaves and I'm going to put them in the shredder and I'm going to use them to mulch. I said, okay. So she came and got me and she said, can you please help me rake and I'll pick them up? I said, okay. So I'm out there raking and it makes this horrendous sound. And I look over and she's got this look on her face and she's like, you know, just totally freaking out. And I'm like, what? I thought she dropped her glasses. She dropped her rake in it. It ate her rake. It just went, it was gone. (laughs) She's so upset. How did she drop her rake in it? Because you know how you rake up leaves and you put your hand on one side and the rake on the other side and you go and drop them in, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she went to do that and it it hit just right and it fell. Oh. And she, she was so upset. My favorite rake. I said, I thought it was your glasses. She said, I wish it was my glasses. That would have been better than my rake. So... Poor mom. That's the her arm. I know. And then later she was like pushing him in with this piece of wood and it grabbed the wood and, and pulled it right out of her hand. And I'm like, and then we got a tennis ball. <laughs> so it ate the tennis ball too. Oh my God. I said, don't. We're going to see what it can eat. We're going to watch it. What it can eat. What it can eat. I know. And. And I felt, you know, I said, Mom, you have to be careful. Because she's always, you know, pushing down in there. I said, if that gets your hand, you're dead meat. I mean, it'll suck you in there head first. And then you'll come out the other end like they do on Fargo or some terrible thing like that. Oh, Lord. It would be like a bad comic. I mean, yeah. it would be like a cartoon. But real life, which would be even more horrible. I know. It would be terrible. So, anyhow, that was our that was our excitement yesterday. That and I ordered two. I would say that's exciting. Two T-shirts. I was so excited. I found the Geeky Hollows T-shirt that Danielle has, and I found a Doctor Seuss, another Doctor Seuss Doctor Who crossover, which I love. So it's one box, two box, red box, blue box, and the blue box is the TARDIS. <laughs> so I was having Aww. trouble the the T-shirts, and they were all on sale for twelve dollars or fourteen dollars instead of twenty. So it was a pretty good deal. And um, so I was having trouble getting things to go through. The site was really, really being slow. 
and I got it to all work, and I checked. That's been a good deal. It had two two shirts, and then it was the colors were right and everything, and so I said, yep, and I PayPal'd it, and I got my PayPal thing back, and it ordered the same shirt twice. So I sent them a message, and I said, you know, what do I do? And she said, you have to just cancel it out, and I will refund you the money for this order, and I will refund you the extra money from um, when you order it again because the sale's off now. So I just have to email her oh, yeah. my order number, and she'll fix it for me. But I know That's I felt good. like I felt like such an idiot. So now I spent a yeah. hundred dollars in shirts. <laughs> oh, well. oh my! I'll get refunds, and it won't be that much. But yeah, but it's just the waiting for the refund and everything else. And mm-hmm. I know. I know. And, and, well, I got a good deal. Um, I, we had to get shoes. All and I both got shoes over the week um, this weekend, and I had to get him new wrestling shoes because, on the god, as the kid will grow into his feet, he's going to be at least twenty feet tall. <laughs> I mean, he's twelve. He's twelve. He's twelve years old. I here, remember those size, days. Nine and a half bent shoe. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, he's like a puppy. Mm-hmm. If he grows into his feet, he's going to be massive, or he's going to be a really good clown. I don't know. <laughs> but um. But I went to the store, and I'm looking at shoes, uh, at wrestling shoes. I'm like, oh, let's go over to this other store and see if they got it. Well, they had the shoes, and they were like, oh, it is $49.95. I'm like, yes, that's great. It's a great sale. Go up to the counter, $75. I was like, what? Oh. Like uh uh-uh. uh, I go. It has a. T- I'm like it has a tag back there. Well, they gave they gave it to me for that much. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Woo-hoo! and then I hear the guy goes, take that tag off. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, kid. I'm like, they're wrestling shoes, and they cost me seventy. They're gonna cost me seventy five bucks. Wow. That reminds me when I was hit my growth I was like, and I swear. I bought a pair of shoes and I threw them once and I outgrew them Ooh. within like a uh-huh. week. See, I'm a hobbit. I, I'm just short. I was short all my life and I will always be short. Mm-hmm. And I have little feet. See, judging and, by how long my feet have... were though, yeah. I thought I'd be taller, but apparently like my feet just went nuts. And I was like, yay. And then they stopped growing and I was like, oh, I'm going to be <laughs> short now. <laughs> It was very sad. It sounds sad. Yeah, I went to get um, fitted for shoes, for running shoes, and I was telling the guy about the problem that I have with this one blister. And so I'm showing him on my foot where I'm hitting this blister. And he, he looks at me and he goes, yeah, he goes, you just got nubby toes, you know, the ones that got cut off. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. I'm like, I looked at him, I go, they used Who's to call me my toes to Scott, you're on video. Hey, Scott, you're on video. I am. Hi. Hi. It's good to see you. The first button I clicked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, all of a sudden. We'll have to see if it makes weird things happen to the call. But to... So far, so good. Whoop. Well, now you're yellowy. So I'm fine. Yep. So far, so good. We'll see what happens. Oh, hey, Scott. <laughs> you do, yeah. If you're actually looking at the fade, I suppose we'll be looking at the fixed fade most of the time, but, you know. We get to see Scott. I can see Scott. It's kind of freaky because, it's like, he talks, but then it's, it's out of sync. 
music stops, uh, and okay. this mouse keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> your screen keeps so you're turning saying yellow, like a bad guys. Martial arts I'm film. scared. Yes, you're like a bad martial arts film. And then you go yellow. It's very sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, your nose goes yellow. On my end, it looks like there's this red and green lattice that just shows up. I don't know what it's causing it, but oh well. Oh, weird. Well, welcome, Scott. Did you get dinner? Have pizza. Pizza's good. Oh, we get to watch you eat pizza even. All right. <laughs> this will be fun. What? Well, <laughs> what kind? Yes, I may have to turn it off just to preserve the air of mystery and all of that. But. <laughs> be distracting that's going to be what's happening um it's funny yeah. scott it, the podcast that's supposed to come out tonight except for that ryan isn't answering me and i can't figure out how to post the pictures on the right thing i'm gonna just do it my mm -hmm. a different way i think bob says i thought i recognized that sexy man in there because there's a picture of you so <laughs> he's he it was funny because i took a picture of my Harry Potter stuff, and there's the picture of you and me and Ray at the oh, okay the thing, the Harry Potter exhibit. So huh. It was fun. Bob, on the other hand, had very risque and raunchy pictures that he posted. It was very naughty. Why what is this for? Well, he he put together a bunch of pictures of different fandoms and things that he's into, and he just kind of made this hodgepodge thing, and he had a. Oh, I don't know what it is. It's some sort of bird, horse-like creature. It's a bird that people ride. Um, like a hippogriff? Kind of, but it's for a different universe world, not a Harry Potter world. And a stormtrooper. Okay. Pegasus? Just before, no, and just before. Oh, this podcast. Okay, okay. So just before he took the picture, the stormtrooper fell into the back of the bird, and it looked like the stormtrooper was having relations with the bird and yeah, hilarity ensued. Hey, so I think I remember you know, seeing these pictures somewhere. Mm, yeah, they're on the Facebook page. What Ryan, makes it worse is the fact that it automatically tagged Bob and Bob couldn't figure out how to take it off. Well, no, that was the ED picture, which Ryan did not give to me. Oh, yeah, that was what. So I don't have that picture to post, which is probably good. Aww. But, yeah, Probably. Bob. Because the hashtag was something like BED, help Bob BDD, or something like that. And yeah, yeah it was bad. This... I do not remember this. I think oh, it was two podcasts ago. Thing, didn't you? What thing? Auric has this thing that's in his room. It's where the. Oh, did he come and shock it's you? in the doorway. It... No, he didn't come and shock me, but he, he yelled and screamed and made me scream because I wasn't expecting it. But it's a, there's a, it's the, the carpet mm -hmm. nailing thing. Ow. And there is one thing that's up. And if you step on it just right, you always get hit by it. Yeah, you get nails in your foot. On it. That's not good. Yeah. Ew. Oh. It always hurts. I bet it hurts. And we have learned not to step, we've learned not to step on it. But it's every once in a while you forget and then you land on the thing and it hurts like hell. I bet. So he, he screamed and I wasn't expecting it and I screamed too. <laughs> well, that's Alrighty. Good so I was going to say it's you that's breathing into your mic, but 
the breathing happened while you were talking, so maybe it's Mooney. Somebody's breathing into their mic. Maybe mm. it's me. I don't know. I'll I was gonna say too. I'm pretty darn close. As far as I can tell, I should be fine. But no, it was happening before you arrived. So maybe it was me. Uh, I put my mic on. It just was weird that I kept hearing it. Mike. I I had a mics. I moved my mic up, and I've been listening to our friend Mike in the podcast off and on all day. So there you go. Mike. Well, there you go. Three different ways. A plethora of mics. A plethora mm-hmm. of mics. Are you drinking a mic? I drank it. I sat down and drank it all. I'm going to probably have to go to the bathroom pretty soon. It was That's a- what I was going to get at the liquor store. <laughs> it was a good <laughs> I saw some really interesting ones at the grocery store the other day. Yeah? What kind? It, it made me think of you, and I can't remember. I can't the, remember what The mango were. ones? <laughs> I think that was the mango one. They're yummy. And I'm, and the only time I've ever seen it is uh, we have like a, a grocery store. It's kind of like a Whole Foods, mm-hmm. but it's a local grocery store. And okay. in some of our see, our, um, Pennsylvania, you're really not allowed to sell alcohol right. in grocery stores. Ever, which is oh. really weird. Ever. And But the thing is, now some of the grocery stores now have a um, wine and spirit shop that you can't sell. You're not allowed to sell beer, but you can only sell like six packs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. And now it just started just within the, like the last year or two within Pennsylvania. Oh, it's like but you can't go to like, it's like with our Trader Joe's. You I can't think. go to. A, yeah. Well, you can't even um, like you can't go to a convenience store and buy beer. That is so weird. I mean, we sell, we can't, you can't buy hard alcohol here. You have to go to a liquor store for hard alcohol. But beer and wine and things like Mike's you can buy in the grocery store. No, you can't, you cannot buy that. I'm not sure what we have here. I'm assuming everything is in the liquor store, just judging by the fact that there are 77 of them in town. (laughs) (laughs) Did you count? Well, there were 75 when I moved here, and they've been building more. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Somebody told me that anyway. That's interesting. Some of them are within like two blocks of each other. So, I guess you know, just in okay. case you want a liquor store that's that much closer. Yeah. Well, you know, you go and get your liquor at one, and then you walk down to the next one while you're drinking what you had. And, you know, by the time you get there, then you have, you have to go in and get more. <laughs> no. I mean, I know no, we're not allowed to sell booze on Sundays. But I well no because Trader Joe's doesn't have liquor because it has a separate thingy. I don't think any of the grocery stores have. Yeah, because Sam's Club has a separate liquor store. Yeah, I think we've got the same kind of laws over here. I think it's like maybe two other states that are are like that. But yeah, Pennsylvania. Like if you go if you go to a convenience store like your regular gas station and stuff, and you sometimes you you know you can get beer and stuff like that. You can't do that here. Wow. Mm. I can even get mics in my look in my local gas station convenience store. Yeah, you can't. I don't think we can. That. It's interesting. I know when uh, we went to Utah. Utah's it's not quite a dry state, but they have laws. You can only have one drink at a time on the yeah, table. Okay. So if you go out to a restaurant and you order a drink, you have to completely drink that drink and give it to them before they can bring you a new one. You can't wow. have two drinks sitting on the table at one time. For one person, you mean? For one person, yeah. 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 But, you know, mom... Like each person can have... You don't have to, like... 
Yeah, you can't, you don't all have to share the one drink, but you can't have, like mom still had a sip of her beer left and she ordered a new beer because she knew she was going to want more. And the lady wouldn't give her the beer until she drank the last of her, the beer that was already on the table and gave her the glass. It was, it was weird. Yeah, I know. It was really weird. You don't have your pudding. You don't need your meat. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm going to pink Floyd on you. You did. You just made me think of my lunchtime conversation because one of my little girls said, I can eat hamburger or I can eat cows. And I said, well, do you know what it, what cow meat is called? And she was like, cow. And I said, how about hamburger or steaks? And so we had this whole conversation about, you know, what the different foods were called. And hmm. We were having a conversation at work today or, well, an aside really, not an entire conversation about um, how beef and mutton got stolen from the French because that's what the Norman Aristocats ate. Mm. Um, but things like chicken and such. The Did you just say Aristocats? Just kept using the English word for it. So. Aristocrat. <laughs> I know, I know. It just sounded like a I may have. I don't, that's not what funnier. I intended to say, but it is possible. I totally need a clip of... <laughs> we are Siamese, if you please. We are Siamese. If you don't, please. I haven't seen that movie in ages. <laughs> we are Siamese, if you don't, please. We are so bad. We need to start this. We remember that and with the jazz hat. Yeah, let's start the stick before I... Yeah. Um, Scott, just a warning. Trisha is watching a game, so she's liable to squee or swear at the television in equal amounts. She's also knitting, okay. so she There's could, me. you know, get tangled up and, and trapped as well, especially if the cat comes oh to my. Oh, my. For Friday, April 10th, this is episode 207 of Potterfeek Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Dirty awesome fun. Dirty awesome fun. That's us, man. There's something going on. I'm not Microsoft. <laughs> I wasn't snoring, was I? How about Sherbert Levin? If I start snoring, let me know. Friends Never mind. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Uh, we're just having adventures. Yep. We're adventures. Adventures are good. Good girl. Not chocolate trousers. Stupid. Yep. Ooh, we're evil. I snorted so much yesterday, it was unreal. <laughs> same safe time, same safe channel. It's all snake all the time, I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Oh, Holy nice. shit! It's so floppy! Uh, yes, Scott, They're there to talk about the sector. They're going to worry about homework Aww. later. <laughs> I swear, yeah. I read the, the stories. <laughs> Sex and snork eggs. Awkward. <laughs> and with that, we will start this episode of Potterfic Weekly, a, the flagship, I, I forgot my intro, I'm very bad, the flagship of the Potterfic Weekly family of podcasts. I am Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Trisha. And I'm Mooney. And we are doing a continuation of We Belong in America. We're doing chapters 7 through 11 today. 
and it has been written by MJ2007, and you can find it on fanfiction.net. Hmm. Chapter 7 picks up in the middle of December, because I guess a lot of things happen in December. This story so far has been a month per chapter, just about. We've had two for August, and then September, October, November, and then December gets four. So Lots happen. Did they do Thanksgiving? We are on the second December chapter. They did, because... Charlie came for Thanksgiving, and that's when Alfred. Oh, that's heard. right. Yep. So he he's getting ready to go home. It's right before Christmas. Uh, he's brought gingerbread from scratch, gingerbread cookies, to share with the class today. Mm. I know it sounds really good. He's got an A on his book report of The Hobbit, and he turns to go, and he walks right into Mike O'Malley, and he notices that Mike also got an A. And he says, hey, good job. What did you read? And he said, Mike says, Chronicles of Narnia. It doesn't matter, though. And he goes to move past Alf. And Alf says, is your dad still being stupid about the soccer game? And Mike says, yeah, yeah, he is. He's not speaking to me. I know this guy, he gets everything he deserves. But Mm, it's it's a terrible price that he pays. And, you know, nothing that Mike does is good enough. He's a good artist. He's a good musician. He gets straight A's, gold stars. Nothing is good enough for him. And he's actually really good on the soccer field. But Mr. O'Malley just can't, he can't see beyond what he's, you know, he's just an ass. He really is. Yeah. yeah. And so he has a bit of a breakdown over this and throws his book bag and everything gets scattered around so Elf sort of helps him pick it up and he's trying to find some non-awkward topic of conversation so he says what are you doing for Christmas Yeah. and it turns out his dad hasn't been talking to him for four weeks since the game yeah that's crazy and he's not going to be seeing his mom because she's off somewhere tropical with her new boyfriend yeah and they kind of walk together not really talking a little bit, but not really. And Alf says, you know, um, are you going to get in trouble for walking with me? I thought you weren't allowed. And Mike says, I don't think dad will mind. And he turns around and he belts Alf right in the eye, just punches him right yeah. in the face. He's like, ow. And he kind of falls down. And then Mike just kicks him and punches him. And just, I wish you'd never moved here. And my, nothing's been good since you got here. I'm not good enough. And he just loses it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a breakdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah. I mean, the kid's mm. what? Ten? Yeah. Ten? Oh, God. I mean, just, I mean, hell, 38 years old, and someone do something like to me? Yeah. I'd be, I'd probably be an emotional bastard case, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is that I'm an adult, and I'm able to process the whole thing a little bit better. Poor kid. I know. I just feel so bad mm-hmm. for him. And the fact that it's his own family, of course, is going to make it worse because you're supposed to be able to trust your family and Butch is just, I don't know. An ass. Yeah. Harry should be here. No two ways about it. And you know what? And the poor, you know, you know what? He won the hatred over Molly. This is what (laughs) kind of gets me over Molly. Don't get me wrong. Don't don't like Molly. Oh, Molly redeems herself in these chapters. I love, yeah, I love the like, part that's coming up with the pies. I think that's so funny. I'm imagining if Mike was a wizard, he'd probably have been 
electrocuted or blown up like a balloon long since now. Mm, yeah. It's pretty much the same thing with Aunt Marge, so, you know. Yeah. If if Alf had actually been a wizard, you mean that Mike would have been blown up? No, if Mike had been a wizard, Butch would have been blown up. Oh, okay. Some time ago. Well, you would think that if that would have been the case, Harry would have blown up Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia ages ago. Well... Yeah, but Uncle Vernon and they never ragged on him quite the same as Aunt Marge did. And he was also more used to it, I yeah. guess. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. It's different when you're raised with it, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, so mean, it might not is, have been the same with Mike either. Just, but... Yeah. We must have a bad leg because you guys are walking all over each other. Mm-hmm. So Alf goes yeah. home and George says, Hey, Alf, how'd the gingerbread go? Uh, what happened to your eye? And. Alf doesn't say anything. He just goes over and hugs George, and he won't let go, and he hates himself because Mike said, go in and just cry to your dad because your dad loves you, and it's not fair. And that's exactly what he does. Mm-hmm. And that's what he ha- I mean, that's what he should do. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Mike doesn't have that, that release. He doesn't have that structure, that home. He doesn't have... Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't have anyone to go to. So. No. He could go to Miss Fabre, but... But eventually Alf does, um, yeah, but that's well, kind of awkward. It's, I mean, it's always, even if you really like a teacher, there are things you wouldn't necessarily talk about with them. Right. Because they're a school yeah. thing, and well, the, thing is she's, the, the rest of life isn't. Well, the thing is, also, she's a neighbor, too, and he, and she has been the ridicule of his father. Mm-hmm. So how, I mean, it could, as you can see, it, it can make it ten times worse. That's true. Yeah. So George wants to heal Alf in the worst way, but he can't heal his eye because it, you know, somebody would notice. It would look weird. Yeah. But he yeah. he is able to heal his ribs because his ribs are bruised really badly from getting kicked. And so he puts on some of Fleur's special oil. I want some of this. This uh, My knees would be good as new with this stuff. And Amen. I was soaking it. Yeah. <laughs> After marathon, yeah, that's yeah, that stuff. And poor Alf. Probably smells better than Tiger Bob, so. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't done that to anybody yet lately. Oh, that's good. They'll disown you. Alf says, uh, that's all right. I just want to help him, Dad, but I don't know how. And George says, I don't think you can. When your Uncle Harry was stuck all those school breaks with the Dursleys, I remember how desperate my parents were, but they couldn't do anything. And I don't think there's anything we can do. And I never fully appreciated how hard it was for my parents to sit and watch. Yeah. So he says, just do what you're doing. Keep trying as long as it's not going to get you beat up a bunch anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then well, the doorbell rings and, and it's Butch. Ding dong. Yeah. And he's come to apologize. And of course, now. And then you're just mm-hmm. like, what? Mm hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, poor Mike, he's damned, and if he, he's damned if he do and damned if he don't. Right. Is, and that is the worst situation to ever be in. Especially for a kid. Mm hmm. Hell, for an adult, too. I know. And, you know, he's. He says, I came to apologize. Mike had no vis- business taking his- Michael. He used the full name. Michael has no vis- business taking his frustrations out on your son. He's a disappointment, but that's not Alf's fault. And George yeah. has had it. And he has Alfred go inside. And, and I love that he uses Alfred's name, too. You, can, you know it's very serious. We're using full names. 
And uh-huh. he, he says to O'Malley, you know what? You, do you, you know, do you love your son? Well, of course I do. Why would you ask me that? And he said, well, Mike doesn't know because he's afraid of you. And he's already decided that you don't. And you're going to miss a whole lot of stuff with your son if you don't get your head out of your ass and figure this out. He didn't say it quite that way, but that's exactly what he meant. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know there was a lot of expletives that he wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. He says, you know, if, if Alf had missed the save on the soccer field, do you think I would have loved him any less? I wouldn't have been disappointed in him. He tried his best. Mm-hmm. And... Um, O'Malley says, well, loving him doesn't have anything to do with wanting him to be the best. And um, George says, that's the problem. Want him to be the best instead of his best. Right. And, you know, my son tells me that you haven't spoken to your son in four weeks. That's just crazy. And he's like, well, I talked to him today. Now he can forget getting out of his room for the remainder of the holiday, let alone me speaking to him. So, you know, the poor kid, he hasn't been spoken to in four weeks. So he does what he thinks his father wants. Now he's not only grounded for the Christmas holidays, but now his dad, you know, his dad's still not going to speak to him. And George just yeah. wants to curse him so bad. Yeah. He's holding it in. Mm-hmm. And Butch is walking down the path. The tree drops a full load of snow on his head. Yep. <laughs> I think I just did accidental magic. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah. And I'm... Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. I'm not sure it was George that did the accidental magic. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll say it that way. Dum, dum, dum. Never know. Yep. Yep. And Alf thanks him for trying. Well, he talks with Alf for a little bit, and mm-hmm. he says, well, at least now that Butch has come and seen your eye, I don't think anyone else at school will bother about it, so I'll just get rid of it. Yep. And we got to go soon because we have to go pick up your dad, your granddad at the airport. And so, mm-hmm. oh. no, no, get him, get him, get him, get him, you idiot, get him, get him, get him. <laughs> uh. I think the cat even heard that, Trisha. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so poor George is pacing the baggage area because they're not allowed to go to the gate. Good old Logan Airport. Yep. And, you know, why can't we go? I quite know what this customs thing is. Okay. Hopefully Arthur doesn't have to answer questions about smuggle stuff. What, Trisha? Arthur in customs? Oh, I'm sure Hermione briefed him. She gave him notes to read on the plane. What is the purpose of your visit? To find out how airplanes stay up. And here he comes, George, George, my boy. And he gives him a big old hug and then gives Alf a hug and swings him around and whoops. And We had marvelous turbulence on the way over. It was great fun. <laughs> he also like, uh. yeah. You know he'd love that, too. I remember riding the plane with a woman who had never been on a plane before. She was sitting right behind me, and she every time there'd be turbulence, she'd scream. <laughs> It was it miserable. Sometimes it's a little bit like a roller coaster. Oh yeah! As long as it's not too heavy, that's basically the same effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping to see Mister Weasley like, come down the es- not the escalator, but on the baggage thing to go around. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was expecting. I was kind of hoping for. I could see that. I could okay, see. Make sure you're in the tunnel. 
I could see him coming out and being on the on the baggage thing. That's great. <laughs> I love fan art. Okay, we'll get you some fan art. How would he get on the baggage thing since, you know, they load it from the back of the plane? Magic! Well, no, well, he could sneak in if they, if they did the kind of unloading that I've had to do where they unload you on the tarmac. Mm-hmm. He could sneak into the little baggage mm-hmm. trucky thing. and I suppose. Or he could get on it right where it comes... Right where the luggage comes out of the building, you know, it comes through that little hole. He could get on it right there and go around to ride it around. He'd get his bum pinched, no, though. It wouldn't be very... Come down the little and then go around. <laughs> All right. So he's got a very distinctive bag. It's brilliant lime green and mm-hmm. purple plaid. Oh, my. Because Molly was afraid he wouldn't be able to see it. <laughs> well, yeah. that and wizard colors are green and purple, so... Mm-hmm. I thought this was very interesting, though, because George goes to pick it up, and it's really, really heavy because they've, you know, expanded it, but they didn't make it feather light. So can you see these poor baggage handlers? It's like, you know, this little tiny bag, right? It's it's a, like a sports bag. And they yeah. got to lift it up, and it's, it's heavy because, it, you know, it feels like it's got 100 pounds of weight in it. It should only weigh, like, 10 pounds. And they're like, I got it. Well, thank oh. goodness they didn't open it. Oh, yeah. Kind of like what well, that would have been bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'd assume he's bringing bricks over. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if they try, if they they try to open it and it's like it keeps him like there's a broom. Hey, look, a template ladder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's like how would it show up there. going through the X-ray? <laughs> uh, who knows? I think it's just we have to go. Maybe it's like Moody's trunk, trunk, and there's a normal opening and then there's a different opening for the extra space <laughs> well, they don't, this is, go ahead Hermione and her bag of holding didn't have to go through customs could you imagine I know well I'm thinking that they don't x-ray baggage that goes onto the plane they only x-ray your carry on language luggage. do they x-ray everything at the little airport yes. that I'm from they don't they just rub the latches with Gunpowder detector, and if it comes up well, positive, they, you know could, yeah, because they, they don't have. The there you go. They don't have X-ray, big X-ray machines at, at the little airport where I'm from. Not in Portland, but in California. Really? And so, if you fly out of Burbank Airport, they just have this little this little pad. It's like a um, alcohol pad, and okay. they, they wipe it across to where the latches are on the, so that if you had gunpowder on your hands when you closed it, then it, it shows up. It shows gunpowder residue. Oh. Hmm. So, I don't know. But anyhow. Interesting. They're driving back, and, and Arthur's just like, oh, look at that. Look at that. And he loves the Christmas decorations. And he's, you know, having a grand old time. Do they do the Christmas decorations like we do at in England? I don't know. Hogwarts seemed to. That's true. Hogwarts yeah, did seem sure. to. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what the differences would be. I mean, some of it is, like, they have... Fairies as opposed to fairy lights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyhow, Arthur's just having a good old time going, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Oh. And George has made jalapeno poppers, apparently. I love that. I'm not entirely sure what those are. But. You take jalapenos and you split the skin in, down one side, 
and you dig out all the seeds and then you fill it with cream cheese and and like cheddar cheese and you kind of fold it back in on itself and then you dip it in breadcrumb eggs. How do you make it not insanely hot? Oh, it's insanely hot, but it's filled uh, with cheese. Different kind of peppers. If if it's filled with cheese, the cheese kind of deadens the hot. So, it, but it's, it's pretty spicy. Like different kind of jalapenos. Well, no, I mean most jalapenos are hot. I don't know. The ones I bought at the store the other day and grew myself this summer were abysmal. Yeah, I have a hard time growing hot ones. But then, yeah, then you roll them in egg and flour and you well, deep fry them. They're yummy. Hmm. Great bar food. I don't have deep frying capability. Even if I could fit it in my even frying if pan, you, I'm even not if sure you I did, would want to try on my own. Go to a bar. Mm-hmm. Go to a bar. Yeah. Hmm. Go to I don't Costco. really have the ability to do that either. <laughs> Costco has them usually. Well, you got you got you got seven you got seventy five liquor stores. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there. I'm sure there are bars around. I know there are, in fact, but I'm not entirely sure where they all are and if any of them are on bus routes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although I'm sure there's got to be some close to bus routes because that's how bars work. Because when you're there yeah. drinking, you need to be able to drive to get a ride or a taxi home. So That's but true. Anyhow. Anyway, Arthur I'll... wants to have him for his next birthday or... Somebody's next birthday, whichever it is. Mm-hmm. The next celebration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know. And they have a little bit of a talk about how he's calling him son now and Alf is calling him dad. And Arthur is okay with that because that's what they are. It is what they are. And he's in all of his glory. And Arthur says he's your son now. And it's even underlined, which I love. Mm-hmm. And then he turns on Rachel Ray, and we discover that she is apparently a lot like Molly. <laughs> much to much to George's consternation, because he's like, I have a crush on my mother. Oh, no. Well, you know what they say. She doesn't look like Molly, but apparently the smile is the same. Yeah, and the cooking. So, and... Uh, and he has to imagine what Fred would be saying to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fred's probably... Oh, he'll be tearing the mickey out of him on that Mm -hmm. one. So he talks about how Draco and Hermione have been making great progress, except for they had one small snag. There's a missing ingredient. It's a plant. And, of course, nobody's ever heard of it, and it's, you know, nigh on possible to grow. But Neville has managed to cultivate... Yeah. Because, you know, Neville's good at that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's still got a month to go, Mm-hmm. And George is like, oh, Hermione alluded that, you know, she had other sources of help. It's Neville. And Arthur's like, um, actually not. And we don't quite find out. It's Professor it Snape's portrait. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's funny. And they're, yeah. they're meeting in Alberforce. Um, I guess. Although this is a very interesting yeah, spelling. There should be for... a scene break here, and there isn't. Right. There's a little bit of a flashback, and shift over to Hermione's point of view to reveal this mysterious source of help. And, uh, yeah, they meet in a room at the hog's head and have uh, Severus Snape comes and sits in Ariana's portrait and gives them a hand. Um, it is Aberforth, right? Not Aberforce? Yeah, it's Aberforth. You're correct. Yes. Okay. I, I'm looking at this and going, 
I always imagine Aberforth to be spelled A B E R F O R T H. She yep. does later in the scene, so I bet it's just a autocorrect thing. Oh, okay. Spell check or whatever. I took me three tries the other day to write something on the forum because it kept changing it. I was doing it on on my Kindle because I was having trouble with my computer, and it changed it. I had to keep rewriting it. I'd hit, you know, submit, and it'd come up, and I'd go, that's not the word I typed. And they'd go back in and edit it and hit submit, and then come back as the same word. I'm like, what is going on? So I had to finally just split the word in two, and then it worked. So, wow. But Draco's worried. Because he doesn't like leaving his son with his wife. And Hermione's missing Ron, who's working, you know, lots and lots of hours. And she gives Draco a bad time about the house elves that are watching Scorpius. But without the house elves, Scorpius wouldn't be alive today. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, Hermione. And they really do enjoy what they're doing, these particular elves. Uh-huh. They're not mm-hmm. like Dobby, who didn't like it, so... No, it's not like it's really, I mean, Draco is not treating them badly or anything. So it's a different aspect of it. Right. I mean, yeah, Pansy's not treating them very well. No. Not at all. So. (laughs) Somebody's breathing again. Is it me? I don't know. Okay, we like breathing. It um, leads to continued life. Yeah, I suppose. So no, no, I'm just trying to stop breathing. <laughs> don't stop breathing. Just put the put the microphone up just a hair. It will be okay. Yeah. So George, so George has mixed feelings about hearing that Snape's portrait is helping them, and it's not really that it's Snape. It's just bringing back the idea of having a portrait, and he kind of wishes Fred had had one made, mm-hmm. but he never did. Um, Poor George. And then. As he's sort of lying in bed thinking this over, he falls asleep and has a conversation with Fred about it. And he says, hang on, you know, hang on. All right, go. And Fred says, well, if he'd had a portrait, that would have left George too reliant on it. He wouldn't have ever gone out of the past, basically. Mm-hmm. And he might never have gotten oh, custody just, of Alfred. Right. Yeah, he would just he would have just sat there and just talked to her the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, yeah, it wouldn't have been healthy. No. Yeah. Not they might have come up with some interesting inventions for the shop or whatever, but he <laughs> wouldn't really progress in his life much. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they talk about how perfect... Uh, Perfect, perfectly normal, perfectly happy, perfectly loved is, you know, how Alf is now. And mm-hmm. you had mourned me for so long. So, and George actually admits mm-hmm. that he's probably right, which is good. You're not upset about the soccer injury, are you? I had this terrible dream. And Fred says it was an actual dream. I would not have been upset about an accident. I'm just happy that it ended all right. Mm-hmm. So, and if George has a few secrets that he's uh, not allowed to tell him about whatever secret mission Alf is on at the moment. Oh, Fred does, yeah. And mm-hmm. Fred wants to, or George wants to know if Fred can go see Alf. And he said, "I can't because I never knew him." Mm-hmm. Can only do the dream thing with people who would recognize you mm-hmm. and knew you. And he's not really a ghost, so he couldn't show up that way. Right. And then there's this big bang, and George snaps out of his dream, yeah. and O'Malley has fallen over into the rubbish bins. 
He must have been out drinking. And he mm. goes in to Alf's room and he strokes Alf's hair and he says, I'm stroking his hair, Fred. Can you feel it? And he can, fi- he can feel, oh. feel Fred there with him. And Alf oh. kind of blinks away because, everything okay, Dad? He says, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And Alf goes back to sleep and later. Mm-hmm. He says, your father loves you very much. And he says, I know both of you. Mm-hmm. And then it falls back. Oh. Yeah, I love you back. And then it is December 23rd, and Arthur is awake. Mm-hmm. He's been up since 6 a.m., and he's trying very hard not to break anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After Alf had a heart attack when he tried to put the frying pan in the microwave. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's a bad yeah. I, have, I, had a, I had a child do that to me. Mm-hmm. He, put, he put the tea kettle in there. And it worked. He didn't blow up anything, which was totally amazing to me. I know. I was totally shocked. Luckily enough, you only put it in for like 30 seconds. Mm. And then there's my mother who melted a cup in the microwave. Ooh, that's oh, bad. Wow. Yeah. Is it plastic? Okay. Mm, I have that's a feeling a it was ceramic. Wow. Hmm. Oh. That takes some talent. I know. I don't know how she did it. Huh. I did not know that was even possible. I didn't either. Me neither. So Arthur decides to uh, make overtures since George has been out for a little bit now. And he says, so is this Michelle coming over for Christmas dinner? And he says, did Tom ask that? Yes, she did. Yeah. (laughs) She's excited about more grandchildren and absolutely terrified that her baby will be taken advantage of by some wanton woman. To paraphrase, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She doesn't seem so concerned about Charlie. I think she's given him up. Yeah. He's a bad bet. He's like, damn. He's like, damn, it was my only chance to go. I could deflect with Charlie. You could what with Charlie? <laughs> deflect. Deflect Molly with Charlie. Ah, yeah. So George says, I really like her. I like her a lot. We'll see what's going on. But... You know, there's a lot happening in my life right now and a lot happening in Alf's life. And I still haven't told her about magic. And, you know, we'll have to see what happens. But, yes, she will be here for Christmas, along with Rufus. Be as muggle as as possible. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, she's spending the night. Mm -hmm. Which Arthur is pretty okay with, but uh, (laughs) Molly would have a fit. And uh, speaking of spending the night... For crying out loud, Molly, he's 30 years old. <laughs> not under my I roof. Can't, I can't say yeah, but it's not your roof. Uh, I'm, I'm, 30, I'm 38 years old, and I took my boyfriend up last Memorial Day weekend, and he spent the night, and I was on the couch, and he was in the bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you got to do it when you're with your parents. That's the mm-hmm. way it works. And then afterwards, my mom's like, well, why did you just sleep with him? And I'm like, what? I'm like, who are you? What did you do with my mother? Uh, you have to check these things with your parents. When my cousin brought his fiancé home, his little brother and I gave him a hard time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's different than his parents. True. The uh, Antasha added a new story, just a little short story to the F-Series. Last night, oh yeah, I have to go and uh, comment on that. 
and basically it, it's Harry and Ginny and and they're getting a little hot and heavy and Arthur comes and knocks on the door. Ginny! Ginny dear, what are you doing? And Harry's invisibility cloak has disappeared and he's like, crap, where'd it go? And so Arthur comes in and has this whole conversation with Ginny while she's trying to hide Harry. And and then the minute Arthur leaves, the invisibility cloak's back and Harry's like, I know I looked right there. And then it switches and and Harry and Ginny are married and Harry has to go upstairs for something and he hears Lily and Lysander uh, having a go. And he looks at the you know, he looks at the door and the invisibility cloaks there. So he totally does to them what Arthur did to him and Ginny. It's really cute. (laughs) It's a a cute story. (laughs) He posted it on live journal last night if you want to read it. But, yeah. So Arthur gives George an out. And says, yes, have you bought her anything for Christmas? Mm-hmm. She says, yes, I have. And he's bought her some earrings that uh, match her eyes. Yeah, which are really nice. Oh, that's right. And puke. Oh, stop. And he wants to know if it's okay that she's a muggle. And Arthur says, you're asking me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good Lord, son. <laughs> he says, not that kind of, like, you know, is it fair? And do you think that me being a wizard is going to scare her off? And Arthur says, for our sake, would you stay a, a muggle? And George is like, yeah, I love him. I would. And she, Arthur says, if she loves you, then she won't have any problem with this. And I said, okay, let's go get the tree. And if you're good, we'll stop at a muggle diner for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And we switch to Ron's point of view. We do. And he's exhausted. I won't have to wait until the 23rd to get a tree. Well, because they don't decorate yeah, it I, until the night before. I was going to say, I've hmm. seen a lot of people, I know a lot of people that do that. They don't get a tree until almost like the night before the Christmas. Yeah, night and then they, the, as part of their... Is that a thing? It might be. And part of their tradition is to, you know, decorate it on... Christmas Eve. So a lot of people have traditions like that. In my family, my I mom's a- birthday is the 19th and my aunt's birthday is the 29th. So the tree got put up on the 19th and put taken down on the 29th. Hmm. That's how that worked. But what, Trisha? Well, I have, I have, I had a friend, what they did, they had a room that was what was called the Christmas room. Like maybe like the front sitting room or something like that. And it was always closed off during December. And what they said is that like everybody put the Christmas presents in there. So like it was like a big family. But mm-hmm. what they would do, there was in the neighborhood, everybody would come to each, everybody's house when the kids go to sleep. They had all the kids had to go to sleep at a certain time. And and then they'd go to each one's house and decorate all the trees and, and stuff like that and have and get sloshed and everything. Mm-hmm. So you would hope your tree would be the first one decorated because by the end, everybody's so hammered that who knows what, <laughs> what got put up. So then it was a huge surprise for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, too. So uh, we, but I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I agree with you. Let's. Let, I want my tree put up first. Before everybody's too drunk to walk. Otherwise, it'll turn out like this. Yeah, I know. It's going to turn out like this tree that's coming up here in a minute. But first we have Ron, who's, as Scott said, exhausted. And he is working really long hours and doing all these things because he doesn't want to let George down. 
He's always wanted to be one of the twins. And then, you know, he, he knew that would never happen. And then Fred died and everything changed. And Hermione encouraged him to be there for George. And he was. And he's always kind of been there for George anyhow, as George remembers throughout this whole story. But he is so afraid of doing something wrong or letting something happen that he is spending all of his time at the shop and he's not spending very much time at home with the kids or with Hermione. Poor Ron. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard on him. It is. But that's, but that's, what, that's, what, that's what Ron is. Ron's that loyal thing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, probably even with the... I mean, even with the seven horse cruxes, him leaving, it was like the worst thing he could possibly do to himself. He beat himself up over it. Mm -hmm. So then Draco shows up and he says, (laughs) Ron's like, we're closed. Oh, hi, Draco. What do you need? And Draco says, I I need a present for my son. And I kind of want to talk to you. And I brought some whiskey for you to drink. So will you have a drink with me? All right. Yeah, and it's like a hundred dollar a bottle or a hundred gallon a bottle whiskey. I mean, this stuff's primo. Mm-hmm. It was from Lucius's private stock. Mm-hmm. He says he loved his whiskey collection more than he's ever loved me, which is why I'm taking great joy in sharing it with you. Because <laughs> he would just spin. <laughs> he would be so yeah. mad. In so many ways, that's, that's just funny. That's a very Slytherin thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Draco says... Draco wants to know, why is he still sitting alone in his store two days before Christmas? Right. And he says, I have to... This is a lot of work, and I don't want it to go to seed. It's a lot of responsibility now that I'm a partner. And and Draco's really smooth. I like this. He's like, yeah, so George must be a tough boss, a real slave driver. No, George is terrific. Oh, but it's different now that he's not here. Well, you know, it's harder for me, but we're doing great. We're up 75%. And Draco's like, dude, go home to your wife and kids. They need you too. And Ron starts to get a little upset, but then he's like, okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. you're right. And he kind of points out that your wife says, you know, I've seen your wife more in the past week than you have in the past month. (laughs) Yeah, and then, you know, this jealous rage. If you touch her, oh, for God's sake. Hermione's been in love with you since the moment she set foot on Hogwarts grounds. It was the worst kept secret of our year, except from you. (laughs) You idiot. So. I'm not sure that's entirely true, but, you know, a little exaggeration. Yep. And he says, you know. Not much of one. I have a job to do, and Hermione knows this, and she's always known that. And Draco snaps back at him and says, of course she does. But if George were here, do you think George would be here in the shop? Or do you think George would be home playing with Alf? And that's when Ron finally gets it. Ron is an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a lovable idiot. You can't help it. And I don't he, know how Hermione does. No, I don't know how Hermione. She's in love. Does it either. Sometimes, yeah. but you know what? Hermione's not all fun and games either sometimes. No. Sure. And Draco says, I saw some earrings that she, or a necklace that she really would like. And Ron said, well, you know, I could afford diamonds. And Draco said, my wife would want diamonds because of what they stand for. But your wife wants the topaz because she thought it was beautiful. And then 
Ron says, hey, hang on just a minute. I have something for Scorpius. And he goes and he gets this great stuffed dragon. And it, its eyes glow. It's Puff the Magic Dragon. It is. Oh, Puff the Magic Dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanalee. sings a number of songs depending on the mood of the child mm-hmm. and it sings the bright cheery clapping songs if the child is feeling playful lullabies if they're tired and soothing songs if they're upset yeah and draco just thinks That's it's brilliant. brilliant yeah and then mm-hmm. i i just well, i need one for the kids downstairs <laughs> when they're screaming at three o'clock in the morning. yep that would be good but it also has a a coin that goes with it and if there's any, you know, if ever he's in trouble, the coin will alert Draco that there's a problem and he can get there. A parent's best friend. The medallion actually roars. I think Hermione yeah. had a, a it hand had a dragon in on it, too. Mm-hmm. Probably. And when Draco tries to pay for it, Ron says, nope, it's on the house. And Draco's like, are you sure? And Ron's like, I just drank 100 gallons worth of whiskey. I think we're even. <laughs> And he has to go get to the jewelers. Yep. Now it's Christmas Eve. It is. And George is making... George is making potato pie. Sweet potato pie, which is basically pumpkin pie, isn't it? We might have that for Thanksgiving. I hate pumpkin pumpkin pie with a passion. And I had sweet potato pie for the first time, and oh my God, was that lovely. Okay, so it is different. Because I know you can use sweet potatoes to make a pumpkin-like pie. Yeah. yeah, it's pumpkin-like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like most pumpkin, if you go to the store and you buy Libby pumpkin mm-hmm. in a can, mm-hmm. it's not pumpkin. It's squash. Squash? Yeah. It's rarely, it's rarely from the actual pumpkin plant. It's from a different squash plant. Well, gee, thanks. <laughs> so sweet potato, I could see sweet potatoes making a really good pumpkin-ish pie as well. So anyhow, so George is making sweet potato pie. My, oh, my, sweet potato pie. Sweet potato pie. Mm-hmm. And Apparently it's a Tennessee thing, which makes it interesting that he even knows that recipe. But, or at least that's where the one cooking show I watched went to find out about it was a sweet potato farm in Tennessee where everybody made all these things from sweet potatoes. Mm. Oh, sweet potatoes. Me too. So <clears throat> Alf and Arthur are in the other room decorating while George is making his pie. <laughs> I'm sure. And George is starting to get a little worried with all the sounds that are coming from the other room. I can see all, like, the inflatable stuff come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they try to put it in the living room. Yes. Arthur is experiencing Christmas lights. Yes. Amazing. One goes up, they all go out. <laughs> George is thinking, uh, he's going to electrocute himself, and then what do I tell Mom? <laughs> he died happy, Mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. Careful, Grass. You're all, you're all tangled up. What I about can see Arthur as the tree. I know. 
this is kind of a great idea they have here. They've sort of started at one end of Earth and wrapped it all around so they they have it all untangled. And then when they finally get to doing the actual tree, they unwind Arthur and wind it around the tree. It's a brilliant idea. I love it. No pun intended. No pun intended. So George finishes his pies that he's sending back to his mother. I love this part. Or I love the part when they actually eat the, the Yes. Pies. And then he, with much trepidation, walks into the room to see what his father and son have been up to. Mm-hmm. Those decorations have exploded over the entire room, apparently. Mm-hmm. Garland and wall decorations everywhere and all sorts of different things. There's an entire row of candles on the mantel and an animated snowman shouting happy birthday. <laughs> right, because he's like, why is it shouting happy birthday? And we need a little frosting the snowman here. Happy birthday! We're going to name him what? Oatmeal. Oh. Olaf. Olaf. You guys are crazy. <laughs> oh, you know what? I wonder if Arthur watched, um, what was it? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh. I watch it every I watch it every year. Mm-hmm. I watch the end. You ever watch the end? You remember the bird, the kids that can't fly but swims? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. at the very end when they, when they're going off Santa's sleigh and they, the elf is giving everybody, like, umbrellas and they're throwing them off the thing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give one to the bird. Because the bird can swim? The bird, wow, you're off thousands of feet in the air. I hope there's an ocean, but still, the bird's going to land on the, in, in the ocean and it's going to, the poor bird died. No, the bird won't die. The bird can't swim. The bird can't fly. He swims. That high, that high up in the air, going down into the ocean, it's like hitting concrete. That's true. Maybe he learned how to fly on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they fixed him. No, he's a misfit. misfit toys. Here we don't want to stay. <laughs> now I'm going to have that stuck in my head all day. Yep. Good job. Apparently, Arthur I has enhanced the tree. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a Charlie Brown tree, basically, it, it before. Was a Charlie and now Brown. it's a giant pine. <laughs> <laughs> Just enough room at the top to put a tree topper on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thankfully... Al says, it'll be great when we're done. And George is like, there's more? <laughs> <laughs> now George, says his father... Dad, don't you like it? He's like, oh, of course I do. Beautiful. And he mm-hmm. picks him up and he says, "Guy, you're getting heavy." And he's like, "Yeah, you're cooking, Dad." Yep. And he sends a little letter over to Molly. Um, wanted to send these over to you. I understand you're rather skeptical of my ability to keep Elf well fed. So here's <laughs> some examples for you. Um, mm-hmm. More than that, I appreciate how you didn't hex all of us. During my childhood, into oblivion. Um, P.S. Never leave the Christmas decorating in the hands of a 10-year-old that is electricity-obsessed grandfather. Yeah. (laughs) They need to be taking photos of this and sending that to Molly. (laughs) We move on, and George meets Michelle at the door and says, Be kind. I warned you my dad was eccentric, and, well, Alf is 10. (laughs) (laughs) So she comes in and says, it's stunning, mm-hmm. which I'm okay. sure it would be. 
this is an elementary school teacher. Right. Okay. And so it, it's not, it's, it's, it's okay. Right. Um, as some of you may remember, my parents are both school teachers. My dad taught fourth grade and my mom taught English, high school English. Mm-hmm. And so every time my dad would, every time like my parents would end up having a fight over decorating, I would have to hear, you elementary school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and, my dad, and my dad would look at her and he goes, well, you're a high school teacher and you don't do anything fine. Aww. So it's a, so so it's always been like a fight because my dad's like, "Are you going to decorate your door? Are you going to do your bulletin boards?" My mom's like, "I'm not doing bulletin boards." Aww, that's no fun. Preschool teacher. Before they told us we weren't allowed to celebrate Christmas anymore, we used to have a lot of fun. Aww. Yeah, Aww. we're not allowed. One of my favorite projects for the kids to do was to we cut out little. Like regular sized light bulbs, you know, the the big ones that you used to hang on the house eons ago before all the mini lights became popular. We cut out light bulb shaped paper that were about that size and we mm-hmm. let the kids watercolor them. And then we taped them to string and strung them up all over the room. And they were so pretty. Mm. They they just really turned out nice. Oh, we have a winter celebration, but we don't do Christmas. So Al, uh, Michelle is impressed that they found a tree. There wasn't a scraggly tree, and Alf tells her it's magic. We we uh, <laughs> it must be like magic. We were able to find this great big beautiful tree. Mm-hmm. And George gives him a flag. Yeah, and she comes out with popcorn and cranberries and starts stringing them together. And mm-hmm. Arthur says, "Oh, I thought that was more of a um, English tradition, meaning wizard." Uh, right. And she says, "Well, I had an old-fashioned family." <clears throat> Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the foreshadowing's been there for a while. It has. And Alf wants to put out the presents, and George says, not till Christmas morning. Oh, fine. Can I take Rufus for a walk then? It's okay with Michelle, then it's okay with me. And so Alf and Grandpa go out with the dog, and Michelle and George get a little snogging in. She said, she said, this room must have given you a heart attack. And he said, yep. And he, he's got a new song. You're a mean one, Mr. Butch. <laughs> you really are unreal. As a coach, you're quite a loser. You're charming. <laughs> I love it. That's the deal. Mr. Butch. We should have Scott sing this. Somebody that can actually <laughs> sing. Or Mooney. <laughs> I think you said that. Oh, well. Yeah, well, that's how I would have spelled it, so that's all right. And she's like, George, stop. He's pathetic. But. He's not even fair game. Yeah. And she says, I love you. And realizes what she says. And And he says, love you too. Love you too. And they kiss. And then. George wakes up at 5.55. Christmas morning. (laughs) Oh, George. And Michelle's curled up next to him, and he slides out of bed, and he goes downstairs, and he's like, where's my kid? You know, no dad, no Alf, 615, where are these kids? So he makes himself some coffee, and he starts a French toast casserole. That sounds really good. Mm. I've I, I made French toast, but you casserole. make it all day. Mm-hmm. You let it soak overnight. Yeah, you got to make it ahead of time. 
Yeah, you like roll up the French toast? Um, it's like a big baguette, and you um, rip it all up, or you saw it up, or whatever, and then you put the egg. It's, um, it's kind of like, like bread like pudding. Like a custard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It is huh. awesome. I've never is. heard of that before. It sounds good. Somebody send me a recipe. Really, really yummy. Okay. i got to mm-hmm. find it. I have no idea. Google French toast casserole. You'll find all it. All right. I've got, I've got enough tabs open at the moment. I'm going to explode my internet. Oh, yeah. Well, don't do that. Or bread pudding. And if you, yeah, it wants to sit overnight because you, you want it to get all gushy and... Mm. Yeah. Actually, and then, and I bet can... I have a recipe from the bed and breakfast on San Juan Island. When I go over to the other house, I'll try to remember and look. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's almost 7 o'clock. Still nobody's up. And finally, Alf comes down. He's like, very cute. He was trying to be there before George so he could mm-hmm. sneak his presents under the tree. <laughs> Too much for that. George, see, George needs my son. Mm-hmm. My son will be up at four in the morning. Right. Going, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Is it time yet? And do you tell and him so you're I'm... not allowed out of the bedroom until the clock says seven? Yeah. <laughs> Good mom. <laughs> and he'll come in. He goes, it's, he'll give me the countdown. It's five o'clock, mom. It's five thirty. It's six. It's six thirty. Six forty-five. <laughs> Six fifty, six fifty-five. I'm like, away, go away. I go, and then I go. I'll make it eight. <laughs> <laughs> no, mom, no. See, my my child will get up. I mean, if I let him, he would get up at five o'clock every day. He is an early bird. It is far few in between where I have to wake him up before school. Wow. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I heard people were like, oh, yeah, he'll grow out of it. He'll start sleeping in. I'm still waiting. He's 12. I'm still waiting. Yeah, because, I mean, Calvin will sleep until noon if you let him. Yeah, I, my son, no. During the summer, he was getting During up the- at, at, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Of course, he stayed up all night. Mm-hmm. And then he'd get up at 2 or 3 in the afternoon. We'd say, hey, we've got work for you. And like, oh, I just got up. <laughs> Get your butt out of bed, boy. But mm-hmm. whatever. I do that on Saturdays. Well, I usually wake up at 9.30 or 10, but sometimes I stay in bed for a while and read stuff. If I didn't have chickens, I could do that. But I have mm-hmm. chickens, and I have to get up and let them out. Yeah. Saturday is basically my day when I catch up on all the sleep I missed the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. So, Amen. <laughs> which is not really a good way to do things, but no. Yeah. Oh, I was so glad I could start doing that after I didn't have to go to school on Saturdays. Yeah, it's so funny. We're talking about French toast casserole, and I can smell vanilla. <laughs> huh. I'm hungry, and I'm thinking to myself, what can I eat other than candy bars? <laughs> uh, no candy bars. We know about you and candy bars. Well, I got to Now we're reminding me of uh, Warehouse 13. I've, I've been watching the first season lately because mm-hmm. I got it at a library. And apparently they have a list of nonsensical questions that uh, might mean that they're in the presence of an artifact, which is what the, the people go around and try and find. It's all these usually famous people's historical things that somehow have absorbed something weird and have weird effects. Okay. Um, Volta's lab coat causes the body's magnetic field to turn up, so you start getting metal things coming and flying at you and sticking to you. Ooh, uh, that could be painful. Things like that. 
And one of the questions on the list that they're supposed to ask people if they're interviewing to find out if there's an artifact involved is, um, do you inexplicably smell fudge? <laughs> <laughs> and they're going through this in the first few episodes, like, these questions, they make no sense. I didn't, what did and then in episode 11 or so, the one agent calls her partner and says, uh, Pete, I think you need to get down here. I smell fudge. <laughs> so, All right. It's, it's kind of fun. It sounds like a fun one. We had, I got home and mom said, we're going to have burritos after you podcast. And I said, no, tonight's podcast is the late one. It starts at six and don't go till late. I'm not waiting that long to eat. And she said, but we don't have any refried beans. So I'm making my own. I said, well, we've got time. So she made refried beans. They were so good. We just had simple burritos, but it was yummy tonight. Why are they refried? Are they not fried only once? Well, because you take them and you smush them up and then you fry them in lard. You cook them with lard and different things. So it's like huh. it's cooked twice. Okay. A little weird, but mm-hmm. probably tasty. <laughs> yeah, they were really good. She put rice with them. Yeah, it was yummy. Mm. We cleaned we up the fridge. We had tacos tonight. Tacos is good. We're, we're driving, driving Trisha crazy. I'm sorry, Trisha. We're drifting a little bit. That's all right. I was flipping through my Facebook, yeah, right. and I see this guy, and then it says, guy pops 20-year-old pimple, and I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm not hungry anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> that works. Yeah, but, but as our movie guy likes to say, wherever that's from, we're way off course. Mm-hmm. Way off course. What is that from? Uh, I have no idea where Riot gets his sound effects. I don't know. It's got to be like Battlestar Galactica or something like that. Uh, probably. I, think I know. I think it's Star Trek. Uh, it's not a voice I recognize from Star Trek, but I suppose yeah. it could be. That makes sense. I'll have to ask him see if he remembers. Oh, he will. Same with the you have one hour guy. That was mm-hmm. an interesting thing. Anyway. Have one hour. You have one hour. We're way off course. So Alf comes down and he's he's talking about his mom. Last year, mom was so sick and we knew it was probably her last Christmas. And she was in bed the whole time. And I just kind of stayed with her because my brother was being a jerk and... She told me about the twins, the Weasley twins. She talked a lot about the Weasley twins and Professor mm-hmm. Umbridge and George Chuckles. And, you know, I think yeah, that she... If she was planning to have him be with George by this Christmas. Mm-hmm. So. Do you think she knows I'm here and I'm happy and I'm okay? And George says, I'm sure of it, Alf. I'm sure that, you know, your dad meant for us to be together and I'm sure your mom knows and... He says, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a little dream. I didn't yeah. think you remembered. And and Alf says, I saw two of you. You were there with Fred. When I woke up, I saw two of you. And you can see ghosts? Yeah. I see dead people. Well, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they talk about dreams, and he wonders why he doesn't dream about his mom, because his mom was magic. And George pretty much says, when you're ready, you will. Mm-hmm. It took him years before he had these kind of dreams about Fred. So, mm-hmm. And then says, so what would Fred be saying if he was here? And he said, he'd probably be going batty that we're letting your grandpa sleep in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he goes over and he says, Grabs, Mrs. Fabry, Dad wants you guys to wake up. <laughs> He's like, hey, you were supposed to take the blame for this. You're a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And Arthur's lucky, feels like he's lucky they got to sleep till 7.30 anyway. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then we shift over to the borough. They're having Christmas dinners just about ending. And Molly's feeling the absence of George and Arthur a little bit. Yeah. And she's getting ready to serve the pies. She doesn't know why George would have sent the pies and why would you make them out of sweet potatoes? But, you know, Lord help somebody that says anything bad about these pies. Because George... You've got to encourage George, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got to learn how to cook somewhere. So, you know, even if it's not that great, we should still eat some. Mm-hmm. And Charlie immediately goes for a larger piece. Right. And everyone else is just kind of looking at it because it's potatoes. It's weird. And mm-hmm. Victoire takes a bite. And then she starts really digging in. And, well, you know, little Vicky could be grown up about it. The rest of you could eat something. <laughs> and everybody well, I mean, just Charlie, loves Charlie it. Charlie knows about his... Yeah. capability. So, I mean, Charlie's like, hey, yeah, man, I'm going to eat good. Yeah, Charlie's like, you guys don't eat any. I'll, I'll have more for me. But I love this. <laughs> each and every adult at her table, from Bill down to Ginny, stopped at one bite and got the same curious look on their faces and paused, looking at each other as if wondering what exactly to say. Each and every child at her table, old enough to hold a fork, was now eating like they were afraid their plate was going to be wrested away from them. And Molly's all exasperated now. If it's that bad, I expect them to at least, you know, show as much courtesy as the grandchildren. And she takes a bite. Hmm, it's good. It's better than good. It's possibly the best thing it, as she's ever tasted. And then to her horror... She no one wants up. to tell her it's better than everything she's ever made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so they all start trying to find little things to say, yeah, well, the crust could be a little better. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's too flaky for my pa- taste. And, and so like, this is wonderful, you guys. It's okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a little sweet revenge. Yeah. And they, mm-hmm. you know, Charlie's like, what are you guys talking about? It's ruddy wonderful. And Bill smacks Charlie on the head. And Molly's like, no, it's good. It's Charlie's really right. good. And she goes through and figures out the uh, ingredients and such because mm-hmm. she's got a really good palate. And, oh, he must have worked really hard on that pie crust. I've never thought of sweet potatoes. Must be American. But he should start selling this in the shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mom, are you okay with this? And she says, yep. I'm okay with it. But next Christmas, he's going to be helping out. That's all I got to say. Not just <laughs> yeah. me anymore. And then everybody digs in. Mm-hmm. So, And she sends him Grandmother Hattie's recipe book. Yeah. She always thought She's it would finally be- found a child that has the gift. Yeah. It was supposed to be for Ginny, but Ginny can't cook. God love her. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good thing Harry can then. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. She can do like regular things. She doesn't have problems feeding herself, but she's never been really great at it. It's not her thing. Right. So, yeah. Whereas George has apparently transferred his potions expertise to his cooking. Mm-hmm. And then there, Michelle and George are on the sofa, and Alf, they've got all their presents, and Alf got George a Red Sox hat, which he's wearing with the tag still on it, and... And a cookbook authored by Rachel Ray. <laughs> That's great. And MJ should get you know product placement fees or something. I don't know. <laughs> really. <laughs> and then, Today's podcast brought to you by Rachel Ray. 
<laughs> there we go. Yeah, he's pretty upset. I think they're pretty obsessed. He's obsessed with Rachel Ray. Mm-hmm. Well, because we figured out it's Molly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what they say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Little boys fall in love with their mothers, even the big boys. And then we have Mr. O'Malley yelling at Mike, Clean up this damn mess, boy! I didn't let you out of your room just to destroy the house! Yeah. Yeah. He's an idiot. May you live in interesting times. And then, after she goes home, because she can't stay there the whole time, somebody will notice and talk. Of course. George goes in and gives Alf two more packages. And And these are the magic ones. mm -hmm. One is his father's wand. And he feels something, just like a memory or a stirring deep within him, but it's gone. And the other one is his mother's engagement ring, because she gave it back to Fred when they broke up. And it says, Mm -hmm. to my cat, Katie, now and forever. And then he sends him off to bed. Mm -hmm. And we're on to a new chapter. And it's January. January! 2009. Yay! And George is writing. And he's having a grand old time. Of course he is. Just about done the Philosopher's Stone. Mm -hmm. And uh, Michelle comes in and catches him. And he quickly turns off the computer or switches pages because he doesn't want her to see it. Because that would give the game up. And... She's like, you know, I am a teacher. I could, you know, read it for you. Help you out. And he says he's not ready for anybody to see it yet. But he'll, you know, he'll show it to her before he sends it off to be published because he's not really planning on doing that. Right. And and he's made chicken goulash, apparently. Mm -hmm. Which is his mom's recipe. Yeah. He can't believe that Molly sent him the cookbook. Ginny's never even been able to get a recipe from her and... Here he's got them all. Hoo-hoo. Mm-hmm. And Alf stumbles in because he's taking the dog out for a walk. And they want to know what's wrong. And, of course, there's another commotion at them alleys. And apparently Mom showed up. And now there's a big old fight going on there. Yeah. So. And Michelle hasn't been able to catch anything that they could go after Butch for. And he hasn't talked to Alf since Christmas, so. Yeah. Well, he hasn't been able to come get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Alf mm-hmm. wants to know why George won't show Michelle the book. And George is like, yeah, I'm just not ready. What if she hates it? You know, I don't want her to read about the magical world and totally be turned off by it because then I know I don't have a chance. That would have made things really interesting if he had showed it to her. Mm-hmm. Can oh, you yeah. imagine the conversation? Yeah. Like, wait, you and know he's also not Harry sure Potter? about his writing ability. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never written a novel mm-hmm. before. Right. And he's supposedly a published author, so, you know, he's got to make sure that... I, you've got a really good ed- I have a really good editor. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Does it um, say what he's pretended to have written? I don't think it ever... I don't, it's just that he's writing about the Philosopher's Stone. I mean, if oh, you could publish other off, stuff. Yeah, yeah. He, it was like um, travel stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> From travel to kids' fantasy, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then, you know, we need to make sure that everything's okay with you before I share this with her. And Al's face kind of falls, and he says, it's my fault. If it wasn't for me, you could tell her. And George says, if it wasn't for you, I would never have I met would- her. Yeah. Yeah. Alf decides he's being stupid, and then he goes off to get his 
do his homework. And we shipped over to Draco and Hermione and Snape. And Snape. Yeah. So, I the snake I read once. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. They're just brewing a potion. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, it's apparently the correct shade of chartreuse at the moment. Perfect. So what they've, they've got New Zealand drillers, which are highly magical rats that bore through rocks. And they've wow. given, I know, they've given them, we thought nifflers were bad. Mm. They've given them the first potion that takes their magic away. And now they're giving them the new potion to see if they get their magic back. And it does for about a minute before it dies. Oh, dear. And they're all excited. All right, let's do it. And it, you know, it kills over dead. And poor Hermione, she's so sad. And something's wrong. And we're going to have to figure it out. And right, Snape, Snape's like, all right, let's do an autopsy on the test subject. And Hermione's just like, rah. <laughs> <laughs> and she vows to herself that George will not know about this because I guess it's a mouse. Seizing and dying would just not be something that... George should know about. Famous last words, my dear. Yeah. And then we move back to George, and it's 2 a.m., and the phone rings. Oh, God. And he's like, if he had been at home and this was a fire call, he'd know somebody was dead or in the hospital, but he doesn't quite know the etiquette here. And it's Michelle. And she's at the hospital, and she says, don't freak out. It's fine. I'm fine. It's Mikey. And basically... Mike's mom came and Mike asked if he could go live with her and she said no. And Butch found out about it and went ballistic and they had this huge fight. And so he swallowed a whole bottle of aspirin and then he went to bed. And, you know, Butch didn't know anything was wrong until he went in to wake him up and he couldn't. And I heard him screaming and I went over and I drove him to the hospital because he's a basket case. And George is like, but it's just aspirin, you know? And, he says, and she says, yeah, who knew aspirin could be fatal? That's the definition of taking too much. Yeah. And that, you know, it's like getting punched in the gut for George, too, because, you know, that's terrible. And, you know, as much of an idiot as O'Malley was, as shitty as O'Malley was, he doesn't deserve that kind of pain. Yeah, that's, that's the pain mm-hmm. that you just can't. Mm-mm. No. And now he has to go tell Alf. And he's like, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell him. Yeah. And that's what he ends up saying. So mm-hmm. I don't know how to tell you what's happened. And it wasn't anything that his father did. But things, he was very depressed and upset. And he took the whole bottle. And, yeah, mm-hmm. he just tells him what happened. And Alf says, it's my fault. Yeah. And and he won't let. I shouldn't have taken that goal. If I'd let him score at the at the soccer game, it would be okay. And George says that's that's not true. It's, mm-hmm. it's not your fault. It's, if it wasn't you, one you can't thing, control it would have been another. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that that is such a, a child. It sounds awful to say, but that is such what a child would do. Because a child automatically blames themselves for for stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though that's not their control, they're like, oh, I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't. Yeah, and I I absolutely adore the way that George brought that home to him because Alf, he's not letting George comfort him. He's, you know, shoved up against the wall. He's all in this terrible, awkward position, and he basically 
he basically cries himself to sleep. Whether or not he's actually crying, I don't know. But he's just, you know, he's an emotional mess. Mm-hmm. And when he wakes up, George has been up all night and he's put together this huge house of cards. And he's just barely hanging on. And he's like, how do you like my house of cards, Alf? And Alf's like, it's a little wobbly. Yeah, can you tell me why? And he says, well, you know, some of these cards aren't very secure. And so George wants him to put a card on. And Alf knows better because Alf says, if I put a card on, it's going to, you know, knock it all down. And George promises not to get mad. And he puts the card on and whoosh, it all falls down. And George says, well, you're right. It's your fault that it came down, isn't it? And and Alf's like, you said you wouldn't get angry. And he said, I'm not angry. However, it's your fault. And Alf's like, no, it's not my fault. Look at it. You just put it in. And George puts it back together with his wand the same way. And he says, look at it. It's shaking like a leaf. You put a card on it. If you put a card on it, it would fall now, too. And so George tries. And, of course, it falls. And George says, does this remind you of anything? The House of Cards is like Michael Malley. He's had a lot of shakiness in his life. His parents got divorced. His mother's never around. You know what his father was like. There's lots of pressures on him. And, you know, one little thing could set him off. But there were all these other reasons, too. And, yeah. Go ahead, Scott. I was just going to say, he says, even though you put a card on top, you, you chose a good place to put it, but it still went down mm-hmm. and I chose a different place and it still went down. So it could have, even if you hadn't saved that goal, it would have been something else. Mm-hmm. And Alps wants to know if wizards are ever like O'Malley. And he says, well, there are good parents and bad parents everywhere. Yeah. So magic doesn't make everything better. And we, this was a really good analogy. And then on to February. Oh yeah. It was really well That's done. Great. Yeah, it was perfect. It was just what Elf needed because Elf wasn't going to listen to him. He needed to see something that was going to get through to him. And that was, it was perfect. And then we jumped to February, which is cold and clear. And all that beautiful snow is now salt and dirt. Yep. Yep. And he's finished the first book and he's sealed it in an envelope. And he's going to let Michelle read it as soon as they talk about their hidden pasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And George and Alf went to the funeral for Mike because he wanted Alf to be able to say goodbye. And O'Malley just seems stoic and numb. And we find out that the reason that he went into the room in the first place and found Mike was because he was thinking about what George had said to him. And he went in to make it right. Because he, you know, he figured he could have lost him. If his, if his mother had said yes when Mike had asked if he could go live with her, then Butch would have lost him. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and he ended up doing that. He mm-hmm. kind of learned his lesson just a little bit too late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too bad. Yeah. So Michelle comes over with coffee and he invites her for dinner. Mm-hmm. She's going to Boston in the morning for a conference, but you need to come in. You're getting frostbite. And he says, ooh, mm-hmm. are you going to warm me up? <laughs> and Alf uh, wants to go to the movies with his friend Tony. And, hey, maybe he'll stay over there, too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he's kind of weird about it. He's not, you know, it's not like usual. And 
And Michelle's like, that was strange. I thought he liked me. And now it's like he doesn't like me. Do you think he thinks I'm moving in on his mother's territory? And George's like, I know it's not that, but I'll talk to him later. Maybe it's something to do with Mike's death or something. Even when he comes home from Tony's the next day, he's still kind of moody. Mm-hmm. Company is not welcome. Yeah. And then Hermione shows up. Yep. He's kind of like a teen. I mean, he, he's a pubescent boy, man. I mean, like, hormones are going all over the place. Mm-hmm. Poor kid. Well, I don't think he's home yet because Hermione comes and talks to George before Alf gets home. So George's morning doesn't start off too badly until Michelle leaves and then Hermione comes over and tells him about how they've got it pretty much figured out except that Hmm. the mice keep dying. Yeah. Elf did come home before that and then went out again to play basketball. He wasn't wanting company. I knew he wasn't there when this was happening. And she's just like, we should be done, but it's not working and I don't know what to do. And, you know, the mouse gets its magic back and everything's fine and then they die and I've only been able to we've only been able to keep them alive for 24 hours and mm-hmm. George goes ballistic you know I'm not giving this to my son I don't care if he's magic you know and she says I know obviously we're not going to give it to him we're just we're working on it so and it, this does interchange between rat and mouse which is very confusing to me because she called it a mouse just a minute ago but now she's calling it a rat so that's kind of weird but okay Mm-hmm. I think they were originally introduced as mice, so they might be mice, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, these are mice. The first rat was fine for five minutes, and then it killed over. And then and then two lines later, it was, of course, these are mice, not people, but. So it's very interchangeable here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we'll see. And she, she says, well, we're going to take another month, maybe two. By the end of May, we'll figure it out. And then. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, okay, um, changing the subject, how's Ron? And he's doing really well, and he's working really hard, and I'd kind of like my husband back, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Business appears to be booming. Yep. We'll give mm-hmm. everybody my love and tell Draco I said hi and thank you and all of that, but he's still, you know. Yeah. And, he- and then finally Alf comes home, and they start to have a bit of a talk because, mm-hmm. you know, you and Miss Fabry seem to be getting close, and he says, "Yeah, I like her a lot, and I thought you did too." And he's been worrying, what happens if George has his own kids? Right. Is that going to change things for them? And well, George... that's not just—I mean, not just because he—I mean, it's, he's not George's son mm-hmm. in the technical sense. It's understandable, even with his past that he has, because once they had other kids, it, I mean, his. Stepfather decided he didn't want anything to do with them, but but even if it was the perfect situation, there's always the the first child and the new baby comes in, and it's kind of I mean that it's it's an understandable mm-hmm. reaction. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But George doesn't take it well. Not in the least. No. Well, hey, it happens. Yeah, and you're he, not all perfect. Nope. And he says, it hurts me, Alfred. Every time you say this to me, every time you don't believe me, it hurts me. And I can't keep doing this. 
and he shoves away and he goes up to his bedroom and his head hurts and he lays down and he falls asleep. And he gets a talkie. And he's like, oh, yeah, that was a great way Mm -hmm. to ease his worries. Yep. Shut up, Fred. You have no idea what He doesn't know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like... Well, just remember he's 10. He's, he's It's going to take a while for this to sink in for him. Mm-hmm. You're not going to abandon him. You can't expect him to get over his mother's death that fast. What were you doing nine months after I died? He's like, all right, all right. And, you know, George is like, here I am thinking about asking Shell to marry me, replacing his mother. George is like, oh, what now? Go talk to him. He's resilient. And he's like, okay. So he wakes up and he goes into Alf's room and he's like, Alf, come on, kiddo, we need to talk. And Alf's not in bed. And he goes thundering down the stairs because he thinks Alf's has run away because his backpack's gone. And he's downstairs doing his homework. <laughs> and history homework. Mm-hmm. I think we should Monday. What? At this time of night? It's only 1030. It's 1030, Dad. Just What's because your you were asleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, still, 1030 is a little late to be doing your homework. Yeah. That's true, but still. It's not like it's three in the morning. No. And so, and Alf's like, I wouldn't leave, Dad. I I didn't mean to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you, and I would never leave. And so they talk. And this is when Alf tells George about what happened with Billy and how Billy treated him as a son until his own son came along, and then he dropped him like a hot potato. Mm. And that kind of lets... George understand things a little bit more. But he says, I am not Billy Woodruff, and we do have a biological bond, even if it's not father-son. So let's go forward and trust each other to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. And he says, and Al says, yeah, but you are kind of worried, and you there was something that went on today. What happened? And so he explains about the potion. Right. And Al says, well, that's okay. It's if it takes them a few months to get it fixed, fine. If they never get it fixed, we'll be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And George is like, you worried about hypothetical children that I may never have, but you're not bothered about the fact that the potion's killing the lab rats. What is wrong with you, kid? <laughs> all you gotta hear, all you gotta hear is, she has to get her priorities straight. <laughs> yeah. So. But. Yeah. Alf has lived with him and knows that not doing magic isn't a bother to George, but he hasn't lived with him with siblings, mm-hmm. so he doesn't have practical experience of that. So yeah, says, "Well, I guess we got to go to bed." But kind of hungry. How about pancakes? <laughs> banana pancakes. <laughs> so they make banana pancakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Cedric. He has to get his mm-hmm. magic back, Fred. And Fred's like, what? He's freaking out. Yeah. Cedric's yeah. freaking out. You don't understand. Everything depends on your son getting magic back. And he's like, Cedric, what do you know that I don't know? And he's like, my brother's life and your family's future hang in the balance. And Fred's like. And I can't tell you more than that. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. He says, but CJ needs your brother and your brother and CJ aren't going to meet unless they go to Hogwarts together. So he says, I'll take care of it, Fred. It may not be a popular decision, but I have to do it just this once. And he vanishes into the mist. So he's going to go and put a... Yeah, he's going to go say something to Snape or Hermione or Draco, somebody, and let them know what's going on. Somehow fix the potion, yeah. At least that's what I think is going to happen. And that's where we end this time around. 
Mm-hmm. Which is good because my feet are getting numb. Yeah. And, oh, dear. And the sheet that I'm sitting That's on is good. sliding out from underneath me, so now I'm on the cold chair as well. Yeah. Burr. Oh, we should go to bed anyway. And, yeah, it's later for Trisha, so. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I, I like this set of chapters. I I was really sad about Michael Malley. Yeah. 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 Terrible thing to happen. Mm-hmm. I want Molly's cookbook. <laughs> yeah. And I love the sweet potato pie thing. I just think that's so fun. I think we should make sweet potato pie for Thanksgiving coming up. That sounds good. Yeah, we don't really do that here. <laughs> Sorry, Trisha. So, and you know, Alf and, and George are working things out again. And is that game still on? Good heavens! Yep. yep. Wow. What's the score? Twenty-seven, twenty-four, Steelers. Ooh, it's a close game too. I know it shouldn't be close, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, a lot happened in these chapters, I and mean, we still got a little bit more to go. It's going to be very interesting to see where we go from here and mm-hmm. to see what happens when Michelle and Fred reveal their secrets to each other. You mean George. Uh, excuse me, George. You're right, I do. That was a It was something. <laughs> I think I did it the other way some, at some point in this podcast, mm-hmm. so, you know. And yes, this is the end of February, and we've got March through June for the rest of the story. Yep. So a lot of stuff happens in June, apparently, again. Of course December it does. It's a Harry Potter the, story. The mm-hmm. things. Yeah. things always happen in June. But yeah, else? I'll be looking forward to coming back and figuring out what happens, because I vaguely remember reading this before, but I don't remember the order that everything goes in. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It'll be fun. To, and I want to see what Cedric did if we find that out, too. I think we probably will. I don't remember yeah. either, but I'm sure we will. I think mm-hmm. I covered my favorite chapters with with um, with Arthur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christmas tree and stuff. I mean, it's still, it's my favorite chapter. It, those are my favorite chapters. Because, I mean, I'm sorry. How can you not love Mr. Weasley? I mean, no one, if no one can love... Okay, Mr. Weasley kind of reminds me of my dad, in a mm-hmm. way. Because my dad's always the curious one. He's always the one that's... He's he's always getting himself somehow in some kind of predicament and right. stuff like that. And and everybody's like, oh, we love Uncle Larry. Because Uncle Larry's just... Kind of thing. It sort of reminds <laughs> me. And I can see my dad doing these stupid things. Like I said, like you said, he go, he'll go to, like... I took him to one of our classrooms, and my dad's like, oh, look at the bulletin board. And I'm like, Dad, you're such an elementary school teacher. But, <laughs> well, bulletin boards are cool. I know, I know. We had chalkboards in college. No bulletin boards in the hallways in the college? No. I mean, I don't think we had really bulletin boards. They were all chalk- they were mostly chalkboards. Yeah, they wouldn't do bulletin boards in college. Well, we don't – in most of the – schools that I've been in, there haven't been bulletin boards in the classrooms, but they'd have them along the walls and the hallways, and that's what they decorate with seasonal mm-hmm. stuff. Mm. Yeah. But I was rereading this, you know, The Rest of We Belong, and I was chatting with Sue going, I remember <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You did start to remember things. Mm-hmm. Dear. I know some of what happens, but... And next week, I'm sure we'll be one who's be smacking some people upside the head. But, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But you'll just have to come back next week to find that out, unless, of course, you are like Mooney and just read the whole thing. That's it. I couldn't put it down. <laughs> Thank goodness the oh, chat. Okay, and then I finally listened to the um, Wait, Wait episode with Dan. Mm, that was good, too. Yep. Um, I really need to listen to Carl's last episode. I never got around to doing that. Apparently, the president called in. I don't remember that, but okay. Okay. On All this right. note, because I have no idea what you're talking you're about. You're going to go to bed. We'll say I'm good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good, good night. night. Good night, everyone. Tony's. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to us. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.